This is a Radio.com original. So anyway, I said, Dr. Kelly, at your advanced age, do you ever think about dating anymore? She said, yes, Wink. As a matter of fact, I have four boyfriends. I said, really? <laughs> she said, yes. I get up in the morning with Will Power. I walk with Arthur Itis. I come home with Charlie Horse. And I go to bed at night with Ben Gay. <laughs> And welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars podcast, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities and even disc jockeys. I'm Randy Cardoon. You know, I was born here in L.A. I grew up listening to something you just don't hear about anymore. I mean, sure, there were guys that play music and they're kind of wacky, but back then they called them personality disc jockeys. One of the best who moved on to become well-known for hosting game shows, was Wink Martindale. And here's a plus. He was the first DJ to interview a young singer by the name of Elvis. That's right, the Elvis Presley. In fact, before he married his current wife, Sandy, apparently she dated Elvis Presley. Wink also had a song called Deck of Cards, which hit number seven on the charts back in 1959. He didn't sing it. He narrated it to music. Wink's game shows, well, you've heard of them. They included Tic-Tac-Doe, High Rollers, Gambit, Bumper Stumpers, and Debt. You've probably heard about all these game shows, but you probably haven't heard much about Wink Martindale's car history. After all, that's what this podcast is all about, talking about cars. Wink joined Hot Rod Bob Beck and I at the Hollywood Show, and we asked him about his first car. I remember carrying a paper route when I was very young, 12 years, 13 years old. At the same time, I was a soda jerk at Baker's Drug Store at Maine and Shannon in downtown Jackson, Tennessee. And then when I got to be 16 years old, I got a job at a radio station, a little 250 water in Jackson, right out of high school. And I was making $25 a week. Within eight months, I was making $40 a week. and I still didn't have a car. And so one day, I was walking home from the radio station down Poplar Street, and on my left was Newsom Brothers Used Cars. And they just dealt in used cars, but good-looking used cars. And so I thought, hmm, isn't it about time that I think about getting a car rather than riding a bicycle? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so I walked around the cars, and of course the salesman came up to me and said, you know, why are you here? Because I was very 16, 17 years old. And I said, well, I'm just you know, thinking about buying a car. Long story short, I ended up buying a 1948 Plymouth. And it was... Solid, dark green, and I was so proud of that automobile. I didn't have enough money to pay for it in cash, so my dad lent me the money reluctantly <laughs> because he wasn't so sure this radio job was going to be a long-range thing. I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was my first car, wow. 1948 automobile. 1948. And it was in great shape, and it looked like it was brand new, so I, I knew how to pick them. Wow. And my next car, after that, a few years later, 
I drove that 48 uh, automobile until I uh, was married and bought a Cadillac. It was a 1954 or 55 Cadillac, the one with the the long things on the on the rear. What do you right. call it? The tail fins? lights and the, 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 the fins. Like the fins, yeah, the fins is what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, man, this is the prettiest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was used, but again, mm-hmm. it was it belonged to. Uh, Mr. W.P. Dabney, who was the number one furniture dealer there in Jackson. So, obviously, you know, he traded for new cars every year. And this one was just like new. And that was my second car. You must have been doing pretty well in the radio thing. I was. I was up to 45 bucks a week. (laughs) Yeah. Or as Merv Griffin said, like, ooh. (laughs) There we go. So now, now... I uh, auditioned for a job at WHBQ Radio in Memphis, and I got my dream job called Clock Watchers. All the kids in Jackson listened to WHBQ. It was only 5,000 watts, but it came into Jackson like a local, and they played a lot of music. So all the kids listened to WHBQ. So when I got out of high school and got a little experience in Jackson, sent an audition tape thinking I'd never hear from them, and they got right back to me in two weeks, wanted me to come over for, for an interview. So I went over, my dad drove me over, and I did the interview, I got the job, and about a year later, I bought the first new car that I ever had up to then. And it was the most gorgeous automobile that I had ever seen. And I remember picking up uh, my future wife, my date at the time, Madeline Leach, remember it was Easter Sunday morning, and she had never seen my new car. It was uh, from Tate Brothers. They were the Pontiac dealership. And it was one of those long Pontiacs Mm -hmm. in 1953-54. Beautiful car with leather upholstery on the inside, and it was yellow and white. Combination yellow. Just a gorgeous automobile. And so that was my first new car. So a 53-54 Pontiac? Yes, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I drove that for a number of years, and, uh, you know, it goes on from there. So I don't want to bore you any further with all of my cars, but that's uh, that's the way it all started for me. In I the, like Pontiacs. I'm a Pontiac a, guy. He, he's endeared himself to both of us. I've got the 48 Plymouth, and you've got the Pontiac. I've got, I'm a Pontiac guy myself. Yeah. I've got a 57 Pontiac uh, two-door wagon. Kind of like the Chevy Nomad, mm-hmm. so that's always kind of neat. You knew Elvis back in the day. Who? Some some <laughs> singer, some singer. I don't know. Went on to some acclaim. Yeah, uh, a little bit. Did a bunch of movies. It. Yeah, a bunch of movies. Yeah. yeah. Hunk, hunk, burn, love. Yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. This is an odd question. I don't even know if you know the answer to this, but so you've had him. The answer is no. Okay, okay. well that could be, but that wasn't the question. But it's actually, <laughs> and the answer is. And yeah. the answer Wait a minute. Is, hey, here's an idea. Wait a minute, that's I'll give answer. you the answer. You can give me the question. I think we have <laughs> a TV show. Hey, we can do that. All right, there we go. All right. Um, I'm sorry. That's okay. No, no I like that. Fine. We may do that later on. Um, so he would come into your station, whichever station it was. Do you ever remember what he drove or what drove him into the studios? Well, the first time I ever met him was uh, a night in July in 1954. Uh, the night of the afternoon that he made his first record called That's All Right Mama. And uh, I happened to be at the station, WHBQ Radio, that night. And I'm the only living person who was in the control room the night that he was discovered. 
the night that That's Alright Mama was played by Dewey Phillips on Red Hot and Blue for the very first time on WHBQ Radio. And I was the one designated by Sam Phillips who had walked in with this acetate of this singer that he had just recorded that afternoon. I was one designated to call uh, Gladys and Vernon, his mom and dad, find out where he was. Mrs. Presley answered the phone. She said, well, he was so nervous about his record being tested on the radio tonight, he went to see a double feature western. <laughs> he said, he's at the Suzor's Theater. So they got in their car, their truck actually, and went down, walked up and down the dark aisle, found him sitting there all by himself watching this western, whispered to him about the excitement being generated by That's All Right Mama, because the switchboard lit up as soon as Dewey Phillips, the DJ, started playing it. And so they brought him down to the station. He was interviewed that night. I met him that night, and he remained my friend until the day he left us. But I tell that story simply because I have no idea what his first car was. I only know that he was brought to the station that night in his parents' truck. His parents' truck? Yeah. Mm. And, of course, he had an affinity for automobiles, as yeah. you might well imagine. He, he drove a lot of different cars. He bought a lot of different cars. He gave away a lot of different cars to his friends. He would buy six or eight cars. In fact, there was one situation where he bought 12 cars uh, from one of the auto dealerships, forget which one, in downtown Memphis, and gave a new car for Christmas to each of the uh, guys in his Memphis Mafia. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But as far as, uh, I know you love Cadillacs. I was going to say, to be the, Cadillac, the owner of the Cadillac yeah. dealership in Memphis, at that time when Elvis was running in, so I'll take that one and that one yeah, and that one. Yeah, they love to see Elvis coming. <laughs> <laughs> Get the detailer ready. Yeah. Wow, really? That's great. So, so what I about the car that got away? The car that you had that you no longer had that if given the option, you could get it back? That would probably be that Pontiac I was telling you okay. about. Because had I known how special that car really was when it was brand new, and I took such good care of it, I probably would have kept it, put it in the garage, and just hung on to it uh, for, for a few years anyway. Mm -hmm. Now uh, my wife and I drive Lexus automobiles, and I think uh, the Japanese know, I think, probably better than anybody how to build an automobile. They sure do a great job of it. Uh, I just love uh, driving the Lexus, and uh, I've had it for a number of years, and I keep driving it because I finally got it paid for. <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there any type of car that you'd like to have that you've never had before that you, you've seen pictures of? Everybody's got a list. Everyone's got a, Everybody's yeah. got a list of a car that yeah. you'd want someday. Yeah, I think that if I had my choice of cars and could afford any car that I wanted, it would be a Bentley. Oh, okay. I love a Bentley. And I have a friend who has a Bentley, and I hate him. <laughs> friend, are He's you sitting listening? right behind you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very good. Very no, good. It's, a, it's a great car. So you did a lot of shows, uh, game shows, and we've always seen a lot of your tic-tac-toe and all the mm -hmm. other ones that you've mm -hmm. done. From time to time, I would imagine you've given away cars on the show. You mean a brand new car? That's the one. <laughs> a brand new car, yeah. And so. a year's supply of Lee's Press-On Nails. <laughs> and how about some rice the San Francisco <laughs> tree? There we go, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Suddenly I'm being transported back and back and back. Mm -hmm. What was the wackiest moment that you can remember when you gave away, let's just for this podcast purposes, a car? A car. And somebody kind of got a little too excited or re reacted in something over the top. Well, let, let me let me put it this way. Uh, that's the story of the car that you mentioned. 
is the tail end of this story. But uh, on Tic-Tac-Doe, in the fall of each year, each season, we did what we called an over-80s tournament where all the players were over the age of 80. And uh, I was doing an interview with Dr. Reba Kelly, who was 96 years young. Mm. She was a widower. And I said, Dr. Kelly, just making conversation, and I'm sure that the producers gave her this answer because we had our, most of our interviews in those days were sort of planned out so we could get to them real like They fast. weren't ad lib. <laughs> not, oh, no. not fully ad lib, some, okay. but okay. Not, not fully. Right. So anyway, I said, Dr. Kelly, at your advanced age, do you ever think about dating anymore? She said, yes, Wink. As a matter of fact, I have four boyfriends. I said, really? She said, yes, I get up in the morning with Will Power. I take a walk with Arthur Itis. I come home with Charlie Horse. And I go to bed at night with Ben Gay. <laughs> we had to stop tape on that one. Because <laughs> the audience, and I fell down. That's the kind of thing that you dream about, you know, having happen on your show when you're a host. But uh, as far as the uh, car is concerned, Tom McKee was my biggest winner ever on Tic-Tac-Toe. And Tom was on for 47 straight days. He won 317000 in change. And, of course, that was before the million-dollar shows. But in those days, when we're talking about in the 80s, uh, 317 dollars to $20,000 was a lot of money. I mean, still a lot of money, but yeah. you know what I mean. It's mm -hmm. not a million. But uh, he was on for 47 straight days. Wow. And he finally got beat. But while he was on and winning all that money, he won eight automobiles. He won eight Buicks. That's what we gave away at the time. Every time you you beat the dragon at right. the gambit, at, at yeah. the board, at not the gambit board, but the uh, tic tac toe board, right. you won a car. And so he won eight cars. And he, I remember he gave one of his uh, Buicks to a brother who was a missionary in Africa, and the other seven he kept, and he sold, and with most of that money he bought himself a big Mercedes, and he had the uh, license plate tic tac. T-I-C-T-A-C, which he still has to this day, though he, he's in the real estate business now and lives back in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. But uh, as far as you ask me about cars, that's what I think about when I think about cars and game shows. That's that's, that's pretty wild that's cool. story. Yeah. That is a very cool story. Eight Buicks for one Mercedes. Oh, he shipped the Buick to Africa. Now, that might have been interesting. That would have been interesting, yeah. I don't know how he did that, but that's I know that's for a fact that's Eight what he did. Buicks. Eight that's Buicks. That's got to be a record for the it's number of... It's the most Buicks sold in one time. <laughs> well, it was a lot at that time. Of course, it was a big deal at the time because Tic-Tac-Doe was an enormously popular show. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Number one in its uh, prime access time period following Joker's Wild. And uh, for a person to win that much money and that many, those, 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 that many cars oh, yeah. was quite something. It was special. So I don't know how he got that uh, car to Africa, but... Uh, he had enough money to get it there one way or the other. Wow. Yeah. That is really neat, though. That, I think, was a fun the story. The only Buick in Africa. But I'm, I, but just to one guy, that's an interesting... That's got to be some sort of game show record where... It was at the time till uh, Ken Jennings came along on Jeopardy and yeah. became the biggest winner of all time on Jeopardy. With True. Several million dollars. And then a guy came along after him and won even more and became right. the new all-time champion. But, but yeah. in, the, in, in, in the days of Tic-Tac-Doe, Tom McKee was the big winner. Well, and it's probably the most amount of cars given to one guy person. in any yeah. game show I guess. that I'm thinking about. I yeah. guess. So, so you're still in the record books, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty big stuff. Right, when you have someone like that that's winning and winning and you're getting the publicity, 
How does that affect you in in the show? Well, of course, it affects the show enormously because the ratings every night, every night that he stayed on, the ratings went up a couple of notches. Yeah. So uh, it was terrific for the show because it was our first full season. Oh, so what better. a way to kick off the show! Yeah. Now, was that show a morning show at that point, or was it like an evening? No, it's show? funny. We started. It's funny. That's a story in itself. We did the pilot for CBS on Tic Tac Toe, and it uh, lasted on less than 13 weeks and got canceled because it didn't find an audience at 10 o'clock in the morning. And station managers and program directors around the country, uh, when the show came out, it had so much publicity surrounding it that they bought that show uh, not only for their morning audience, but for the syndicated audience in the evening okay. in the access prime access time periods. So all of a sudden it gets canceled off CBS. And these guys who are running these stations are pulling their hair out thinking, oh my God, we, we bought this for two years we got to pay for it, whether we play it or pay it or play it. Mm -hmm. We got to pay for it anyway. So, but wouldn't you know that it came on in September in syndication? It had bombed miserably in the daytime on CBS, but when the first book came out that fall, it went through the roof wow. and was an enormous hit. And we never looked back. Wow! How long was it on the air? Uh, it was. I did it for uh, nine years, and it was on the air for about twelve years. Of course, it, was, it had been on the air in the late nineteen forties with Jack Barry, and uh, I was I was lucky enough to get it when it was just right for the audience. Good time. Uh, you know, you were talking about how when Jeopardy has now this run, it becomes such big news in this social media age. Sure. Can you imagine what it would have been like when Tic-Tac-Toe, if there was a social media age back then? Oh, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. You'd what be driving the like. Bentley. You'd huh? be driving the Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> I would have made a heck of a lot more money now than I did then, I'll tell you that. Yeah, Forget the Lexus, here comes the Bentley. Yeah, exactly, the Bentley would be here. Very good. To give you an example, for example, uh, Alex Trebek uh, is up to around $30 million a year now. And so is Pat Sajak. But see, those shows have been on the air every year for like 35, 34, yeah, 35 years. And you know, the money goes up for them every year. So that's, uh, I can just think back on how successful Tic-Tac-Doe was along Joker's Wild in those days. And had there been uh, a social calendar, so to speak, would have yeah. been... Uh, I'd probably have my Bentley, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> of the shows you've done and all the radio you've done, what is the one that is you've liked the most? I think that uh, I loved High Rollers, where we rolled the big dice. I remember uh, that. Alex was the first one to do that one. And then when he left, I, I took that over uh, for Hito Quigley Productions. But uh, I think that I'd have to say Tic-Tac-Toe because of its lengthy run. And you get used to those regular checks coming in week by week by week, you know? I'll so, have to find out about that. <laughs> plus, it was an easy game to play, and the yeah. audience at home liked it a lot. Sure. They played along with it. It was simple. <clears throat> you know, n no big long list of rules, just a very simple game to play. And mm -hmm. So it was uh, easy to host, easy to, to, to uh, be the MC on that show, and gave me a chance to show my own personality. And, you know, I met so many... So many wonderful people and so many celebrities. You've got a book out? Yes. Tell us about it. Well, it's not a brand new book. I did it several years ago, but uh, we sold a lot of copies here today. Uh, it's called Winking at Life, and it's just my life story. And I, uh, I wrote it all myself. I didn't have any help. And it just goes from uh, my birth through uh, my current career. And uh, it's, it's interesting because... 
uh, I had several, when I finished the manuscript, I shopped it around, and I had several major publishers that were interested, but when they found out there was no dirt in it, uh, <laughs> unless I could uh, conjure up some dirt, uh, you know what I mean by dirt, yeah, of course. Uh, then uh, they weren't going to take it. No drama. And I said to those guys, I said, you know, there's no dirt around a game show. You know, backstage, it's dull, you know. So, uh, needless to say, uh, I couldn't peddle it, so I uh, published it myself. Okay. Bob and I were recently on a game show. Mm -hmm. And we experienced what we can call... Um, Mental block? <laughs> I, I like to call it, uh, you know, basically uh, stuck in the headlights syndrome, mm -hmm. where, where you're on there and the, the host... And it comes up to you and asks you a question, and and you, of course, under every circumstance, would nail these questions. You know what these questions are, but uh, in the show we were on, America says, America says, which was on the Game Show Network, and so they actually, we're both car guys, I'm the sports director at a radio station, and so they asked us hockey questions and car questions, and. I believe the phrase "humana humana" word. We we looked like Jackie Gleason doing "humana humana" all the time. <laughs> and so, so people who are listening, who are uh, one day will be on a game show. What advice do you give people who are going to be on a game show? Well, first of all, I think that the best contestant is the person who just loves to not necessarily uh, have his. Uh, 15 minutes of fame, but a person who enjoys games, enjoys playing games, just like people at home. They enjoy watching people play games on television. And those contestants, if you're going to be a contestant on a show, you should bone up on the kind of show it is. In other words, if it's a Q&A show, like a Jeopardy or whatever, then uh, you should uh, watch that show for a lengthy period of time, if possible, and uh, kind of figure out what would be your... Uh, strategy were you standing up there trying to buzz in ahead of uh, your other two players mm -hmm. so uh, do you do your homework do your research on that show and uh, come out there and just have a good time enjoy yourself see Bob I that. think people watched us and learned what not, not to, to do, do on that <laughs> show we got calls from all over the country we did or if we didn't they did was that you that screwed up that question yeah don't let them <clears throat> on again yeah so, all right we actually didn't have a chance to review the show. It was a new show. It was a new show, so we weren't really sure. It hadn't aired it yet. Yeah. But we got stumped. The hockey question he missed, the car question I missed. Yeah. <laughs> it was something simple. Name a car part that begins with an H. <laughs> I went blank. Heater was the answer. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they said they had a letter that you're supposed to come up with, WG, involving in hockey. I completely didn't think of Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> so, so... Yeah, yeah, we all live and learn, right? Right. Live and learn. And we had our wives with us to support us, and they... They did the same thing. Was that before the divorce or after the divorce? <laughs> uh, well, we're in counseling. <laughs> DJ, game show host, and more, Wink Martindale. I'm talking the announcer one, not the defensive coordinator for the NFL's Baltimore Ravens. Remember, you can subscribe for free to Talking About Cars on Radio.com, iTunes, KNX1070.com, so that way you can be notified when a new podcast is uploaded and you won't miss a thing. And if you're on iTunes, please give us five stars, leave a comment about what you think of the podcast. And we're also on Alexa. Just ask Alexa to play Talking About Cars. 
Our website is TalkingAboutCars.net. Follow us on our social media accounts, Talking About Cars on Facebook and Instagram, and at Twitter, we are Talk the letter N about cars. Also, follow Hot Rod Bob Beck on his Great American Auto Scene accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and watch his videos on YouTube and GotGas.com. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon for Hot Rod Bob Beck. Join me as we have some more fun talking about cars. This is a Two Tired Guys production.